Chapter Twenty of Master of Life and Death by Robert Silverberg. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Even after that, for which he felt no guilt, only relief, Walton felt oppressive foreboding hanging over him. Martinez phoned late that day to inform him that the hundred landowners had been duly corralled and were being held in the lower reaches of security keep they're yelling and squalling martinez said and they'll have plenty of high-powered legal authority down here soon enough you'd better have a case against them i've obtained an authorization to mind blast one named cassio he's the ringleader i think walton paused for a moment then asked did a popeek chopper arrive to pick up frederick walton yes martinez said at 1406 a lawyer showed up waving a writ a little while later but naturally we had no further jurisdiction the security man's eyes were cold and accusing but walton did not flinch 1406 he repeated all right martinez thanks for your cooperation he blanked the screen he was moving coolly crisply now in order to get the mind pick authorization he would have to see president lanson personally very well he would see president lanson the shrunken old man in the white house was openly differential to the popeek head walton stated his case quickly bluntly lanson's watery mild eyes blinked a few times at the many complexities of the situation he rocked uneasily up and down finally he said this mind pick it's absolutely necessary absolutely we must know where that serum is hidden lanson sighed heavily i'll authorize it he said he looked beaten washington to new york was a matter of some few minutes the precious authorization in his hands walton spoke to Decasio via the screener set up at the security keep informing him of what was going to be done with him then despite the fat man's hysterical protests he turned the authorization over to martinez with instructions to proceed with the mind pick it took 58 minutes walton waited in a bare austere office somewhere in the keep while the mind picking technicians peeled away the cortex of decasio's mind by now Walton was past all ambivalence, all self-doubt. He thought of himself as a mere robot, fulfilling a preset pattern of action. At 1950, Martinez presented himself before Walton. The little security head looked bleak. It's done. Decasio's been reduced to blubber and bone. I wouldn't want to watch another mind pick too soon. You may have to, Walton said. If Decasio wasn't the right one, I intend to go straight down the line of all the hundred odd of them. One of them dealt with Fred. One of them must know where the Lamar papers are. Martinez shook his head wearily. No, there won't be need for any more mind picking. We got it all out of Decasio. The transcript ought to be along any moment. As the security man spoke, an arrival bin in the office flashed and a packet arrived walton broke immediately into the bin but martinez waved him away 
This is my domain, Mr. Walton. Please be patient. With infuriating slowness, Martinez opened the packet, removed some closely typed sheets, nodded over them. He handed them to Walton. Here, read for yourself. Here's the record of the conversation between your brother and Acasio. I think it's what you're looking for. Walton accepted the sheets tensely and began to read. Dicasio, you have a what? Red Walton, an immortality serum, eternal life. You know, some Popeek scientist invented it, and I stole his notebook from my brother's office. It's all here. Dicasio, bueno, excellent work, excellent. Immortality, you say? Fred Walton, damn right and it's the weapon we can use to pry Roy out of office. All I have to do is tell him he'd better get out of the way, or we'll turn the serum loose on humanity, and he'll move. He's an idealist, stars in his eyes and all that. He won't dare resist. Dicasio, this is marvelous. You will, of course, send the serum formula to us for safekeeping. Fred Walton, like hell I will. I'm keeping these notes right where they belong, inside my head. I've destroyed the notebooks and had the scientists killed. The only one who knows the secret is yours truly. This is just to prevent double-crossing on your part, Dicasio. Not that I don't trust you, you understand. Dicasio, Fred, my boy, Fred Walton, none of that stuff. You gave me a free hand. Don't try to interfere now. Walton let the transcript slip from his numb hands to the floor. My God, he said softly. My God. Martinez's bright eyes flickered from Walton to the scattered papers on the floor. What's the trouble? You've got Fred in your custody, haven't you? Didn't you read the order I sent you? Martinez chuckled hollowly. Yes, it was a happy sleep authorization but I thought it was just a way of avoiding that writ. I mean, your own brother, man? That was no dodge, Walton said. That was a happy sleep order, and I meant it. Really. Unless there was a slip-up, Fred went to the chamber four hours ago. And, Walton said, he took the Lamar formula along with him. Alone in his office in the night-shadowed Cullen building, Walton stared at his own distorted reflection mirrored in the opaque windows. On his desk lay the slip of paper bearing the names of those who had gone to happy sleep in the 1500 gassing. Frederick Walton was the fourth name on the list. For once there had been no slip-ups. Walton thought back over the events of the last nine days. One of his earliest realizations during that time had been that the head of Popeek held powers of life and death over humanity. Godlike, he had assumed both responsibilities. He had granted life to Philip Pryor. That had been the start of this chain of events, and the first of his many mistakes. Now he had given death to Frederick Walton, an act in itself justifiable, but in consequence the most massive of his errors. All his scheming had come to naught, any help now would have to come from without. Wearily, he snapped on the phone and asked for a connection to Nairobi. 
the interstellar swap would have to be cancelled walton was unable to deliver the goods fred would have the final smirk yet some minutes later he got through to mcleod i'm glad you called mcleod said immediately i've been trying to reach you all day the durnan's getting rather impatient this low gravity is making him sick and he wants to get back to his home world let me talk to him he'll be able to leave right away mcleod nodded and vanished from the screen the alien visage of thorgrand clayron appeared i have been waiting for you the durnan said you promised to call earlier today you did not i'm sorry about that walton told him i was trying to locate the papers to turn over to you ah yes has it been done no walton said the serum doesn't exist anymore the man who invented it is dead and so is the only other man who knew the formula there was a moment of startled silence then the durnan said you assured me of delivery of the information i know but it can't be delivered walton was silent for a long while brooding the deal's off there was a mix-up and the man who had the data was was inadvertently executed today today you say yes it was an error on my part a foolish blunder that is irrelevant the alien interrupted peevishly is the man's body still intact why yes walton said taken off guard he wondered what plan the alien had it's in our morgue right now but the alien turned away from the screen and walton heard him conferring with someone beyond the field of vision then the durnan returned there are techniques for recovering information from newly dead persons thorgrin Kalin said you have none of these on earth recovering information walton stammered no we don't these techniques exist have you such a device as an electroencephalograph on earth of course then it is still possible to extract the data from this dead man's brain the alien uttered a wistful wheeze see that the body comes to no harm i will be in your city shortly for a moment walton did not understand then he thought of course it had to happen this way he realized the rent in the fabric that had been bound up his mistakes undone his conscience granted a reprieve he felt absolutely grateful that all his striving should have been ruined at the last moment would have been intolerable now all was made whole thanks he said with a sudden fervor thanks 14 may 2233 roy walton director of the bureau of population equalization stood sweltering in the sun at nairobi spaceport watching the smiling people file past him into the towering golden hulled ship a powerful looking man holding a small child in his arms came up to him hello walton he said in a majestic basso walton turned startled prior 
he exclaimed after a moment's fumbling and this is my son philip said prior we'll both be going as colonists my wife's already aboard but i just wanted to thank you walton looked at the happy red-cheeked boy there is a medical exam for all volunteer colonists how did you get the boy through this time legitimately prior said grinning he's a perfectly healthy normal boy that potential tb condition was just that potential philip got an a1 health clearance so it's new earth and wide ranges for the prior family i'm glad for you walton said absently i wish i could go why can't you too much work here walton said if you turn out any poetry up there i'd like to see it prior shook his head i have a feeling i'll be too busy poetry's really a substitute for living i'm getting to think i'll be too busy living up there to write anything maybe walton said i suppose you're right but you'd better move along that ship's due to blast pretty soon right thanks again for everything prior said and he and the child moved on walton watched them go he thought back over the past year at least he thought i made one right guess the boy deserved to live the loading continued one thousand colonists would go on this first trip and a thousand more the next day and a thousand and a thousand more until a billion of earth's multitude were on the new world there was a great deal of paperwork involved in transporting a billion people through space walton's desk groaned with the backlog of work he glanced up no stars were visible of course in the midday sky but he knew that new earth was out there somewhere and near it derna some day he thought we'll have to learn to control our growth and that will be the day the dernans give us back our immortality formula a warning siren sounded suddenly and ship number one sprang up from earth hovered for a few instants on a red pillar of flame and vanished director walton looked blankly at the place where the ship had been and after a moment turned away plenty of work waited for him back in new york the end of master of life and death by robert silverberg